Hello, hello. This is David, back again with another episode of Blood and Fire Radio Podcast. This is episode number 72. Welcome, welcome back. Alright, we're going to jump to Sweden here. This is a uh, band that's been around since 2014, so they're relatively new in the grand scheme of things, but uh, they are one that's kind of... uh, Part of that uh, very Stockholm Swedish uh, revival, that whole sound that was made popular, of course, by Entombed and Dismember and bands like that back in the day. There's a lot of bands embracing that style these days, which is cool. Um, they usually do a pretty good job of it, and this band does a very good job of it. Um, the band is called Leek, that's L-I-K, and that features at least one member, current member of uh, Catatonia. Of course, Catatonia underwent some uh, lineup changes two albums ago. And uh, yeah, I think the singer, I think he plays guitar as well, is uh, is a member of Catatonia these days. Um, but yeah, this band, again, they've been around since 2014. They're signed to Metal Blade, which is pretty awesome. And they've released three albums so far, so... Uh, Well, their third one is not out yet, but it's about to be out. I'm going to play something off of it. They just released it as a single um, pretty recently, within the last week or two. Uh, The album's going to be called Misanthropic Breed, and that's coming out on September 25th through Metal Blade. And they released this single called Decay, and it's a really cool song. It's short and sweet, and uh, the production is very much so a wall of sound style production. So it's meant to be very intense and kind of suffocating, um, you know, with it being uh, cranked as loud as possible and just this wall of sound, uh, it kind of, I guess the goal of that is to not really let you uh, take a breath through this whole song. It's uh, it's very aggressive start to finish, but they, um, they're one of the best uh, in the game right now of newer bands that are doing this style of, uh, of Swedish death metal, so... Here we go. This should uh, wet your whistle and kick things off uh, with a nice aggressive punch. So from Sweden off of the album Misanthropic Breed, this is Leek with Decay. Right. 
All right, that was Lik from Sweden with Decay. Um, it sounds very much like, obviously, some of the more classic Swedish death metal bands, but uh, when it comes to newer bands um, playing in that style, it sounds very similar to uh, Demonical uh, with their old singer. Um, their first three albums, they had a, a certain lineup there that was fairly steady, and they were playing a style just like that. And um, it, it sounds really similar. They, they're another one of those bands that was absolutely nailing it at that time. Since then, Demonical's kind of gone downhill because they've really kind of stripped down and simplified their songs. And um, just they got a different singer, and it's just kind of been uh, dumbed down a little bit uh, too much. So, But anyways, we're going to jump to the UK now out of Yorkshire. This band is pretty new. They've been around since uh, 2017. I don't believe they're signed either. But I've seen, uh, there's a few like kind of black metal uh, groups that I'm on on Facebook as far as they all they do is just share videos and, you know, if it's, whether it's their own band or people they know uh, or bands, just bands that they like that happens to be releasing something new, they'll share a post about it or whatever with links to the music and all that. So that's kind of how I discovered this band called Anti-Inferno and that's uh, A-N-T-E Inferno. And uh, they just released their debut this year on May 1st. They released it independently. The album's called Fane, F-A-N-E. And it's black metal, and it's just kind of longer songs, and they kind of have an epic feel to them, and um, it's good. I mean, for for being an independent release, it sounds good as well. Um, So yeah, they definitely are playing this style well, and I think they're deserving of, uh, of being signed. So if anybody out there is listening that agrees, you should just... uh, spread the word you know try to get these guys some attention but anywho this will be one of the longer ones on the episode don't worry it is not a 10 minute long you know 15 minute long just crazy long thing Um, but it's one of the longer ones on this episode just so you know i'm hitting you with a lengthy one out of the gate so from yorkshire off of the album fane this is anti inferno with passing
All right, that was Auntie Inferno from the UK with the song Passing. Uh, they're kind of following suit. I feel like I'm hearing more and more black metal bands uh, these days that are kind of following the, the pattern of like Winter Phyleth, where it's more on the epic side. It's not necessarily dark sounding uh, black metal. And uh, that's kind of the vibe I get uh, from their stuff as well. But they do they do a really good job of it, I think. But um, but yeah, again, that was released independently, and that is their debut. So if you liked that tune, uh, I suggest you uh, go find their Bandcamp page and uh, and check out more of, of the stuff from that album that they have there uh, to stream. And if you like it, then buy it. So, all right, we're gonna jump to Australia here, out of uh, out of Southern Australia. This band's been around since 96, but they didn't actually release a debut until 2004. Um, the band is called Cauldron Black Ram, and it consists of uh, like former members of Stargazer and uh, Mournful Congregation. And I can definitely see the connection with Mournful Congregation because their logo... Mor- Mournful Congregation's logo is terrible, and Cauldron Black Ram's logo looks just like Mournful Congregation's logo as far as the style of the writing and stuff. Um, it basically looks like somebody closed their eyes and then tried to, uh, to write the words Cauldron Black Ram without looking at the paper. Um, but anywho, logo aside, the band is actually pretty cool. It's very primitive, um, dark death metal, and, um, but I mean, having members of, of Stargazer, Stargazer's a very kind of avant-garde, um, just interesting, unique band. So uh, some of the riffing and some of the timing changes and stuff uh, with Cauldron Black Ram, uh, I can definitely see that influence, you know, um, from Stargazer. I can hear it in the songs. Overall, the presentation is still very primitive um, from the production to just the vocals and the whole the whole vibe that you get off of it um, reminds you of, of stuff from that kind of subgenre. But... I'm going to play something off of their fourth album. Again, they didn't even release a debut until 2004. So they've got four full lengths out now. Uh, This most recent one is called Slaver, and it came out on May 22nd of this year. And that came out on 20 Buck Spin. And um, I I don't know why, I saw kind of 20 Buck Spin getting some shit from some friends of mine uh, on Facebook. I don't know, they were just kind of critiquing the roster, I guess, and... And I've never had an issue with 20 Bucks Spin. I thought they've released some great stuff and continue to release some great stuff. But but yeah, so um, I've checked out the record. I've only given it a listen start to finish one time because this band is um, somewhat new to me. So, But I like it. It definitely uh, scratches the itch for some just kind of old school sounding uh, primitive stuff. But this tune was a standout to me. I don't know why. I just kind of enjoyed this one more than some others, I guess. So... Here we go, off of the album Slaver, this is Cauldron Black Ram with Temples to Death.
All right, that was Cauldron Black Ram from Australia with Temples to Death. We're going to jump to the USA now out of Fresno, California. This band's only been around since 2017, and they've released four albums already, and uh, they've released albums within the same year, and uh, it's just crazy to me how, how prolific they have been so far. Uh, I think it started as like a side project for this one guy, and then he kind of turned it into a full band, but... Um, The band is called Haunt, and they do some real uh, kind of new wave of British heavy metal sounding stuff, like classic heavy metal sounding stuff. Uh, He has a great voice. Uh, The guitar work has has been good on every album. And uh, I actually thought that this album, the one I'm about to play a song uh, off of, I thought that was their most recent. And then in looking up uh, some of the details for this album as far as when it was released and stuff, I saw that they've since released another one this year. I couldn't believe it. Uh, so I have yet to check out this this newest one of theirs, and I need to. But uh, so yeah, in my mind, <laughs> this was the most recent one. But um, but yeah, again, the band is Haunt. I'm going to play something off of the album Mind Freeze, which is their third album out of four, and it came out in January of this year on Shadow Kingdom Records. And I think they just released their their most recent one in June, and I just I had no idea. So I need to dive into that. I can't imagine they've uh, changed their style or their sound that much. They stick to a, a kind of a blueprint of uh, this classic metal sound, but they do it really well. I've played them on the kind of new wave of British heavy metal episode um, in the past. I may have played them twice uh, prior to this. I'm not sure, but I know I've definitely played them once. But uh, of these like newer bands kind of embracing that classic style, they're among the best, uh, in my opinion, with their guitar work. But but yeah, so I'm going to dive into their uh, their new record hopefully this week and, and give it a proper listen and check it out. But I really like this record a lot. So again, off of the album Mind Freeze, this is Haunt with Divide and Conquer. <laughs> Yeah. 
was haunt with divide and conquer all right we're gonna jump to greece this is a band that uh, i have been loving for the last several years uh they existed from 1990 to 2003 and then they uh went on a hiatus and then they uh, kind of reformed in 07 and they've been going consistently since then they're still going now uh, the band is Septic Flesh, and I really did not like their material uh, during that first era up until 2003. I just wasn't into it at all. But everything they've done since they reformed uh, from the album Communion onwards has been fantastic. I think it's great. And um, it's pretty cool to see the journey of their their drummer, um, Krim Lechner is somebody that I watched on YouTube when he was like a teenager, just doing covers of decapitated songs and Demu Borger songs and stuff like that. And uh, he was just this scrawny kid with long, straight black hair and lip rings and stuff and, and um, just doing these awesome covers, these spot-on covers of decapitated tunes. And then, uh, sure enough, whenever uh, Decapitated was reforming with the new lineup, um, he got selected as the drummer and I couldn't believe it I was so like excited for him having seen those videos that he had on YouTube from you know years back so yeah that really like launched his career uh, he played on the Carnival is Forever album with Decapitated before leaving and he's been busy doing a ton of like session work and live you know uh, stuff for for different bands and uh, he landed you know I believe he even auditioned for Slipknot whenever they were looking for a new um, drummer which some of you might make a face at that, but if you've seen his videos, he really does have kind of that groove to his playing where, and he hits hard as well, really good double bass work and stuff, so I could see him fitting in had they picked him, but they didn't. 
Um, but he landed what he described as a, as a dream gig because this is one of his favorite bands, Septic Flesh. So he's he got the gig drumming for them, and he played on their last album called Codex Omega. And they actually just started tracking drums for their next album uh, this week. He posted that they they started tracking. So he's been busy. I think he's uh, the current live drummer for Devin Townsend, but he has yet to play a show with him because all the shows they had booked for this year uh, got pushed back because of the coronavirus stuff. So he's just been rehearsing like crazy for that and posting videos of himself playing Devin Townsend tunes and Strapping Young Lad tunes and stuff like that. So that'll be cool for him. But, uh, but yeah, uh, anyways, back to the point here is that Septic Flesh uh, just released a live album, a big live album and, and DVD, Blu-ray type thing. This massive production with a full orchestra in a big, beautiful theater. Um, so I, I really want to get it. I haven't yet, um, just because, you know, it's hard to set the money aside for, for little things like this uh, here and there. So, but I need to uh, to get this because it just looks like an amazing performance and the quality of the video and everything is, is so great. But um, they released this live album called Infernus Symphonica on uh, July 31st, so it's really new. Uh, they have 10 full-length albums overall. This is their second live album, uh, but it's their first one in, in quite some time. But uh, yeah, this came out on July 31st on Season of Mist, so I'm going to play something. I don't often play live stuff, um, but I think it's a really good performance of this tune, and it's one of my favorite Septic Flesh tunes. So here we go, off of Infernus Symphonica. This is Septic Flesh with The Vampire of Nazareth.
right. That was Septic Flesh with uh, the live version of uh, The Vampire of Nazareth. That's a great song, and the uh, track listing for this live album is actually really good. Um, I really want to get it. It, they, I think it's like a three-disc thing where it's a double, you know, the audio thing and then the single disc of, uh, of Blu-ray, like all in one package. Honestly, I would be perfectly happy just buying the Blu-ray, but they don't sell it, like, separately. You have to get it with the CD and stuff, which is fine. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've listened to the full performance on uh, Spotify. The whole thing's on Spotify. But I definitely want to have the, the actual physical copy so I can watch that Blu-ray anytime I want. And my son would love it, too, because he loves uh, Krim Lechner. But um, anyways, we're going to jump to a classic death metal band from Birmingham in the UK, formed in 89. The band is Benediction, and uh, their debut had uh, Barney from Napalm Death doing vocals. I never knew that. I thought Dave Ingram was always the original guy, and it wasn't until maybe a year or two ago uh, looking into something regarding Benediction that I saw that he actually was not the singer on the debut. It was Barney. I don't think Barney was ever, like, a full-fledged, like... I don't think Benediction was truly, like, his thing. He was just friends with those guys and, and decided to help him out and sing on the debut. And then they got Dave Ingram, and the rest was history. So he was on uh, the next several albums before leaving to join uh, Bolt Thrower. I think he left Benediction in 98 and then joined Bolt Thrower in, like, 99, 2000. Um, but, yeah... Long story short, Dave Ingram is back in Benediction, which is pretty sweet. He hasn't been there in quite some time. And they haven't released an album in general in 12 years. Um, so this is pretty cool that they're coming out with a new one. And, uh, of course, their first one with Dave Ingram back. And he sounds as good as ever. I think he sounds better now than he did in the 90s. Uh, he's one of those guys that's kind of like mastered his technique. And a lot of the projects that he has sang on, uh, most of which I am a fan of, because I've always liked his vocals, but uh, I think he sounds better now uh, than ever. So um, I really dig this new tune. They just released a single off of this new Benediction album uh, recently, and I like the song a lot. My one beef is that I think the drums are just a little too loud in the mix. Um, but I, that's so common these days because people want their stuff to be have a lot of attack and be real punchy and intense sounding in, the, in their way of doing that, just to have real punchy kick drums just turned up loud and in your face. And But even though I'm a drummer, I do think they could have scaled the drums back a touch, but that's like the most mi minor of, of critiques. Uh, the song, the performances, the drumming, the vocals, uh, the riffs are great. I'm really excited to hear the rest of this album. Uh, they have some sweet cover art. It's really cool. It's not important, but uh, it kind of is, I guess. I don't know. It's It has to grab your attention, and it does. But yeah, this album's going to be called Scriptures, and it's coming out on October 16th of this year. It's their eighth album overall, and like I said, it's their first one in 12 years. So that'll be coming out on Nuclear Blast, and it's just great to hear Dave with Benediction again. And um, But yeah, here we go. This is the first single off of Scriptures. This is Benediction with Rabid Carnality.
That was Benediction with Rabid Carnality. Dave sounds fantastic. And I figured out what it is with the drums. I don't think it's necessarily the drums as a whole that are too loud. It's the snare. And the snare sound is fantastic. That's a really good sounding snare, but I just think it's a little high in the mix. But that's my one and only critique. But that is, like, barely even worth mentioning. Um, all right, we're going to go way back. This is a classic band that I was just... It's every couple of months, I'll go back and revisit this band's catalog from the 70s and um, just enjoy it more every time. <laughs> I I really like their 70s output. Um, this band was formed in 64, which is insane to think that they were around back then. They were just kids, like 14 years old. The band is the Scorpions, and uh, of course, they're from Germany, and... Um, I remember the first time I heard that they were formed back in the mid-60s. I was just like, good lord. I think of stuff still like hippie stuff and, you know, Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. I just don't think of the Scorpions uh, from the 60s because, of course, they hit such big fame in the 80s. You know, Rocky Like a Hurricane and stuff like that. But uh, when you dive back into their 70s material, it sounds quintessentially 70s. I mean, it does. It doesn't uh, resemble their 80s material much at all in my opinion but for the albums that they had uh, old Uli, Uli John Roth on guitar I think they were great albums and I think his guitar work was really fantastic uh, my favorite of the bunch would be their third album which is the second one with Uli called Entrance and Entrance came out in September of 75 on RCA and I just Love the songs. I, I go back to that album so much. Um, the debut never quite did it for me, but the uh, the other albums after that, throughout the 70s, even after Uli left, um, their their remaining output from the 70s, I thought, was uh, was very good. But yeah, this one is, uh, it takes the cake for me. So I go back to this album often, and I just did about a week or two ago, so I just said, you know what, what the hell, I'm going to play it on the next episode. <laughs> so just to break things up a little bit, I always like to throw in something classic, or whether it's a truly classic band, or just a band that has a classic sound, and clean vocals and stuff like that, just to kind of break things up a little bit. So, so that's what I'm doing here. So I'm going to go ahead and play the title track off of this album. So you can just sit back and enjoy the 70s goodness here. So off of 1975's Entrance, this is Scorpions with Entrance. Try to stop this life 
was in trance by the scorpions that's one of those like their stuff from the 70s the best um comparison i can make to that is like david coverdale so when you think about david coverdale you think about white snake and when you think about white snake you think about those videos from the 80s is this love and you know Songs like that, and uh, that's just what you equate to David Coverdale. But what people forget is that prior to doing his thing with Whitesnake, he was the singer for Deep Purple 
for three albums, I believe, and um, those were amazing albums, and he sounded so good, and it just doesn't sound anything like Whitesnake, and uh, because it was Deep Purple, they had the sound all their own, and uh, so yeah, like to me, 70s Scorpions almost sounds like a different band other than the vocals, you know, um, so yeah, if, if you've never really checked out their catalog prior to that, the big hits from the 80s, uh, you should, because the 70s stuff is really good. Um, Okay, we're going to jump to Sweden here, a band formed in 93, and it shows that they went until question mark for their ending date. They're obviously not active, but there was never some big uh, declaration that they disbanded or whatever. But seemingly from like 1998 uh, onward, they just kind of didn't do anything, so... The band is called The Moaning, and um, I can't take credit for playing this um, on this episode, like myself, because what inspired me to do so, I had heard of this band, and I have heard this album before, but it's been a long time since it even crossed my mind, and um, I forgot just how good the album is, but uh, Justin, my bandmate in Krigsgrove, he posted a screenshot on his uh, Instagram, I think it was, of just the front cover, and had said that he was, you know, in the middle of a workout or something, and this was kind of his gym, you know, soundtrack, I guess. He was listening to this album, and I was like, holy crap, I haven't even, like, thought about that band or that album. I've maybe, I seriously have maybe listened to it once or twice years ago, and uh, just, I didn't commit it to memory, clearly. But uh, going back and listening to it again, it's so good, and it, uh, the album's called Blood from Stone, and it came out in 1997. It was their it was their debut, and it was their only album, their only full length. They had a demo in '94, and then this debut in '97, and then they just stopped. But this was released on No Fashion Records, and they just kind of uh, have that same style of like dissection, where it's like it's still very Swedish, and um, like it's still very obviously Swedish death metal. But it kind of, you know, bridges this gap between, like, the Stockholm sound and then the more melodic sound of bands like Dissection um, and bands kind of from the Gothenburg scene. And then the vocals almost have a touch of, like, carcass to them. Uh, you'll, you'll hear what I mean when he's, when he's singing. But it's very good, and um, it's a shame that this was their only album. But, yeah, it was nice uh, to kind of get inspired by Justin's post to go back and listen to that album because I haven't heard it, but maybe that one one time, you know, a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, it's really good, so uh, it is on Spotify as well. So if this is the first time you're hearing this band and you think it's pretty cool, then you can hear the whole thing on Spotify, so check it out. So, All right, here we go off of 1997's Blood from Stone album. This is The Moaning with Of Darkness I Breed.
All right, that was The Moaning from Sweden with uh, Of Darkness I Breed. Um, so you can kind of hear what I mean. Like, they, they have a melodic sound for sure, but it's not in the same way of, like, a necrophobic or, like, old Nagelfar or dissection. It's different than that. Um, it kind of has more of the aggressive side of the Stockholm sound, but it's definitely a lot more melodic than the Stockholm sound. But, uh, you know, regardless of, uh, of what blend it is, it's good. I really like that album. Um, it was nice to go back and revisit it, and I should do that more often because <laughs> it's a good record. But, uh, okay, we're going to go back to Germany here. This is a band that's been around since '02, out of Munich. The band is Obscura, and Obscura is one that I always respected but kind of slept on for a while because it was so technical. Um, it just wasn't my thing at the, at the time. I still don't really listen to a lot of technical stuff, but I just have more of an appreciation of it, and I'm trying to kind of expand my horizons a little bit. So um, there's a lot of tech death stuff out there that I don't like, and uh, the thing that makes Obscura different is that they are kind of a progressive tech death band so the more progressive elements kind of change things up enough um, and keep things melodic enough to kind of hold my attention a lot more than just the straight up full-on intense technical death metal stuff uh, that just turns into noise after a while I can't follow it and it doesn't help that I'm not like a professionally trained uh, musician so a lot of the weird timings and stuff like that I couldn't even begin to tell you what the hell timing certain sections of these songs are in but um Super talented band. They just went uh, through a massive lineup change. Uh, Stefan, the the singer slash guitar player, he's been the mainstay. It's it's his band, and they've kind of had people coming in and out. But um, they've held a steady lineup for the last uh, couple of records, and um, they all left. <laughs> so the whole band quit at the same time. I don't think it, it was any real like dramatic you know they hate each other and they just said f you and they left i think the rest of the band just kind of uh, amongst themselves were talking and decided they wanted to do something uh just them something different and not necessarily have to adhere to the uh the boundaries of of obscura which is really saying something because obscura barely has any boundaries to begin with they kind of do whatever they want but uh i don't know maybe stefan's a, a bit of a, of a dictator you know uh, when it comes to allowing outside material you know other than stuff he wrote that's my guess i have no idea but long story short he had to rebuild the band and uh, he now has uh, david depold on drums which is exciting because he's another one just like krim lechner whose videos i have watched um for probably the past year or so not a you know terribly long time but for the past year or so especially with my son being so into like watching drum videos and stuff on youtube we're always finding different people and finding his covers of, you know, Cryptopsy songs and Nile songs and aborted songs and just really insanely difficult extreme metal songs and he just makes it look effortless. And I remember just seeing seeing him cover a Cryptopsy tune and thinking, who the hell is this person? Like, what band does he play in? I've never heard of him ever. And he was just killing it. And uh, I knew he was... He's not German. He's Austrian. Um... But they speak German in Austria for you know, for the most part, from what I understand. But uh, but yeah, so they got their old guitar player back, uh, and then they got their old bass player back, 
And then they got David DePold on drums, and I just think that's awesome for him. That's going to be a great step for his career, but um, I'm excited to see what they do on their next album because it's such a talented group of people that he's assembled. He had a super talented group before, and now he's got uh, just as talented, if not more so, this time around, so we'll see what they do. But anywho, I'm going to play something off of their most recent album that came out in July of 2018. It's their fifth album overall. It's called Deluvium. It came out on Relapse Records. And uh, Sebastian Lancer, the, the drummer, is just phenomenal. So I really, really love listening to his drumming uh, on this album. And um, while I, my favorite song of Obscura's is uh, Ethereal Skies, which is off of this album, but rather than play that one, I just felt like this song was, uh, was more appropriate for the episode. I just really like this song as well, but... Um, But yeah, here we go. Off of Deluvium, this is Obscura with an epilogue to infinity.
All right. That was Obscura with an epilogue to Infinity. Um, great song. And uh, I'm blown away. Like my son, like I said, he's just so into all these different drummers and stuff that like he's three. He's about to be four. And he'll be sitting in his car seat in the back of the car. And then uh, a an Obscura song will come on because I kind of have this long playlist of stuff and I just kind of keep it on shuffle and it plays whatever it plays and an Obscura song will come on and it'll be playing for like a second and a half you know like it just started and he's immediately just like is this Sebastian is this Sebastian and I'm looking over my shoulder at him just like how the hell do you know that because even me if it wasn't me that had picked the songs for the playlist um I, if it was just somebody else playing random crap, I would probably have to listen to it for a good 15, 20 seconds before I realized, oh, yeah, this is an Obscura song, you know, but he just immediately, he's like, is this Sebastian? It's amazing. But, um, but anywho, we're going to jump back to Sweden now. This is a band that's been around since 2000, and they, they started their career with kind of more of a gothy, you know, that kind of gothic metal look and vibe uh, to their music. And then uh, over time, it's kind of expanded to more of a kind of kind of reminiscent of older Opeth, I guess, um, with their later albums. Uh, but this album, it's, I can't necessarily, there's elements of that, you know, uh, that kind of Opeth style. But um, it's it's definitely still different from that. But I just I just really like this album a lot. This is uh, their, their best they've done so far and it happens to be their most recent the band is called in morning and the album is called garden of storms and that came out in october of last year it's their fifth album came out on agonia records and um i was i was not uh, immediately aware of it it wasn't until this year i do know that it was the earlier part of this year that i first heard this album and liked it a lot and um and then uh, a friend of mine this guy justin uh, posted something recently just kind of refreshing my memory about it he posted something on his Facebook that just said I gotta say this is still one of my favorite releases of last year and it still holds up um, you know I've been listening to it nonstop. so he posted about this album so I decided you know what I'm gonna play something off of it on the next episode so uh, there's a few really really good tunes on this album this one is my favorite for sure and I just love the title as well but uh, the song is just really good. I really uh, like the flow of this tune a lot. So uh, here we go. Off of Garden of Storms, this is In Morning with Huntress Moon.
All right, that was In Morning from Sweden with Huntress Moon. Um, their, I mean, their older albums were good but not great, and this was just kind of one of those albums where it just seems like everything came together perfectly, and um, it's a really, really good album. I suggest you check it out. Uh, okay, we're going to go to the USA out of Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, this band formed in 08 and has kind of disbanded as of like 2011, I think. And uh, they've just kind of moved on to other things, but um, there's just kind of a backstory with this one. I know some of you are probably sick of my yapping. Um, but yeah, my my friend Floyd in uh, New Mexico, long story, um, just met them in, in him and his wife in 2011 and then just kind of kept in touch after coming back from, uh, from Oslo, like met them in Oslo at Inferno Festival and kept in touch and all that and uh, he had sent me a link to a YouTube video for this band and said have you heard of them and I said no and he's like oh it's it's excellent stuff excellent stuff and it was just like a guitar playthrough video of this guy who I guess was the singer and the guitar player uh, but the band was called Afterlight and uh, the song was called Conquest of Angels and as far as I knew, it wasn't like off of an album yet. Like they hadn't released it or I don't even know what was going on. But um, it was good. Like the opening riff reminded me of kind of something that you'd hear on a dissection uh, album. But it was good black metal and uh, great guitar work and stuff. And um, and yeah, it's it's one of those things that like I lost the link. So anytime I would tell other people about it, I would have to go on YouTube and just try to search for it. And anytime you try to search for Afterlight... There would be just like a bunch of other kind of unrelated crap that would come up and it just took me ages to find it. And uh, even trying to find it for this episode, like once I decided, oh, I need to find that so I can play it, that would be kind of a cool backstory, you know, thing to share on an episode. I had a hard time finding it <laughs> to be able to to play the song because um, I don't own a CD of this. I don't even think they have a band camp for me to purchase it and download it. So for this, I had to like... Uh, there's a certain third-party sites, you know, there's a few of them that you can use, I guess, to, to take the link from YouTube and then um, plug it into their site, and then it converts the video into an MP3, uh, so you can have the audio from it. So that's how I had to go about getting this song uh, to play on the episode. It was a bit of a pain in the ass, but but yeah, so it's it's interesting. Um, I If you like this, I have no clue how you can acquire it, but... Um, it was good while it lasted, I guess. This band was only around for a couple of years, and they released an EP in 2009. It's their only release called Prophets of the Beast, and they released it independently. But it's a cool tune, so I'm going to share it. So here we go from Cleveland, Ohio. This is Afterlight with Conquest of Angels. <laughs>
That was Afterlight from Cleveland, Ohio with Conquest of Angels. Um, yeah, say what you will, there's some really good guitar work on that song. Uh, all right, we're going to keep it in the USA here and jump to Portland, Oregon. A bit of a hotbed of, uh, of extreme metal in the USA over the last uh, decade or so, I would say. Oregon and Washington State. Um, this band is awesome, and... <laughs> I had not heard of them until about a month ago. 
And it was because I saw somebody talking about their debut being released and just raving about it. And I didn't actually check it out until just a couple weeks ago. And man, I was blown away. And uh, this is really like fast tracking its way onto my uh, album of the year list here. And, and if it's not on the list, it's definitely getting a, an honorable mention because it's really good kind of thrashy, primitive, like old school black metal. Some of the riffs sound like stuff from like older Gorgoroth records, but it's just done with this kind of like borderline punk rock, like thrash attitude and... It's just really well done, and it's uh, it just sounds like it would come from you know 1987 or something like that. And uh, it, it, like I listen to this, and I'm just like Fenris from Dark Throne would love this. <laughs> so if you listen to any of his podcasts and stuff, you'll know what that means. You, you'll get it. But uh, no, this this sounds like it would fit right in with like an Aura Noir or, or a band like that. You know that that's what I mean when I say kind of primitive, old school, kind of black and thrash. Um, but it's, it's really good. It's a really good record and I've listened to it a lot, uh, maybe a half a dozen times, uh, in the last two weeks. It's, uh, not a long album or anything, so it's easy to, uh, to listen to start to finish, but it's, it's just really good. So the band is called Spirit Possession. I guess I should mention the band name <laughs> since I'm raving about the album. Uh, I forgot that part. Um, but yeah, the band's called Spirit Possession and their debut album is self-titled, came out on July 24th, which happens to be my birthday. And they had only released a demo uh, prior to that, just one demo, and that came out this year in 2020. It was at the beginning of the year, and then they got signed to Profound Lore Records, and then they released uh, this debut. So it was a pretty quick turnaround from uh, demo to signing to releasing their first album. But, um, but yeah, it's so good. So I suggest you check it out. It's on Spotify as well. So off of their self-titled debut, this is Spirit Possession with Twin Tongue Pathways.
All right. I would love to hear that live. That was Spirit Possession with Twin Tongue Pathways. And I just can't say enough about how cool I think that is. <laughs> All right. Well, we have reached that time where I need to announce the final song of the episode. So I want to thank everybody for listening. And thanks for telling other people about the show as well. Uh, if you want to tell someone how they can listen, they can listen online at bloodandfireradio.podbean.com or they can listen on the free Podbean app, which I always highly recommend. Uh, of course, the uh, entire catalog, both old and new episodes, is uh, all there on Spotify, so find it and follow it on Spotify. And uh, if you have any sort of uh, like recommendations or uh, feedback or requests or anything like that, uh, you can email me at bloodandfireradio at gmail.com. And of course, please find and like the Facebook page because any sort of updates uh, regarding new episodes or poll questions for you guys, the listeners, uh, it's all going to be posted there. So be sure to find and, uh, and like that Facebook page. So uh, yeah, I am uh, relatively on time with this one. I might end up having to post this one a day late, but uh, hopefully not. We'll see. But uh, I'm going to try and do a quick turnaround with episode 73. And uh, just because the way my schedule is is lining up uh, for the next month or so, I think it'll help me if I can shift uh, releasing an episode uh, a little quicker this next time around. So instead of waiting two weeks, I'm hoping to have episode 73 out um, uh, next Sunday. So yeah, that'll be cool if I can do that for you guys and get another episode churned out. So I'm going to shoot for it. I do have a themed episode coming up. Um, not the next episode, but yeah, it's coming up soon and I'm pretty excited about it. So, But uh, yeah, let's get on with the show here. We're going to do this final song. This is a band out of Iceland that formed in 2005. Didn't release it, or 2005, 1995 and didn't release an album until 2002. Uh, they've kind of reached some uh, some pretty big big heights with their popularity over the years the band is Solstafir and Solstafir kind of lost me with the last album it was their first one with the new drummer but and that really had nothing to do with it it was just I didn't like the songs as much as I had on the last uh, couple of records prior to that and they just kind of lost uh, a certain touch that they had on some older albums uh, that I really liked like my favorite album of theirs is probably still Cold um, which is spelled K-O-L-D and um I like that album a lot, and they released a new song, um, a, a first single that's going to uh, be on their new album that's coming out this November, and this new song really has that same kind of feel from the Cold album, and it's just something that I feel like they've been missing for the last couple of records, and uh, it's really good to hear them kind of back on track and sounding like uh, the band that I first uh, fell in love with back in the day. So the new album is going to be called Endless Twilight of Codependent Love, which is a lengthy title, and um, and it's their first one, uh, first English um, album title in a while, uh, a long while. So it's kind of a rare thing for them. Usually they'll uh, have something in their native tongue of Icelandic, but yeah, "Endless Twilight of Codependent Love." It's coming out on November sixth of this year. It's their seventh album overall. It's coming out on Season of Mist. But uh, like I said, this is their first single off of it, and I think it's really good. It's not terribly long. They've been known to write some songs that are kind of 8, 9, 10 minutes around there. This one, I think, is probably around the 8-minute uh, range, so it's not terribly long. You know I like to close with a lengthy song, but this one is not uh, just going to wear you down with 18 minutes of, of funeral doom or anything like that. So <laughs> this is a little more reasonable, but... 
good stuff um i'm really looking forward to their new album just given what i've heard from this single so but like i said i hope to turn around with another episode in a week so until then uh stay safe everybody and cheers this is solstafir with akari Take your feet and